0: Hello, my name is Dr. Simon Rove from the Center for International Studies and Diplomacy. I'm joined today by Professor Bruce Gentelson from the Sanford School at Duke University. I'm going to talk a little bit about Bruce's work on leadership in the 20th century. So Bruce, what do you think are the main lessons you can draw from your recent work on leadership in the 20th century and apply them to the
1: 21st century? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. In the book, The Peacemakers, there's a whole series of Chapters, stories about all different types of leaders who contributed to peace, international peace and security, from civil society leaders up to you know leaders of of states in um, international institutions. And I think you know each one has sort of separate lessons. But I would say a couple things. One is um, it's extremely difficult to make big change, make transformational change, not just say transactional diplomacy. But all of these cases that I have are ones in which. As I say, if you'd gone to Ladbrokes and gotten odds, would they have happened? You would have gotten good odds. So it makes shows it's possible. And if you look back on the 20th century, all of them were necessary. Uh, nothing achieved a perfect piece. That would have been an easy book to write, very short, done in like a couple weeks, unfortunately. Uh, but they made major breakthroughs that were crucial to the century. And from there, for the 21st century, while taking into account changes in the internet and social media and all those sorts of things, there are some core aspects that are crucial. And, and some of those are leaders who are willing to, put their own political capital on the table. Uh, They have credibility with people that goes beyond their formal position. Some of it may be moral, some of it may be prestige. Uh, And again, it can be people in civil society, not just people with fancy titles. And they're able to give people a sense of where they want to take them, what's wrong with the present and what would be right about the future. Not not like bullet-pointed plans off a PowerPoint, but a general sense that, that convinces people that change is worth it. And then they have to have the strategy. You know, they have to the, have the who, why, and the how of how to get there. Uh, some of the leaders made uh, significant changes, like, for example, Mikhail Gorbachev and ending the Cold War. But they didn't follow through in the last stage of the strategy, and they ended up losing politically. So, you know, that's general terms. We are going into a lot more detail in the book. But I think it's, it's important to think about it that way, especially when we look at problems and say, oh, there's no way we can make progress on this, is to see how people who saw problems like that in the 20th century Uh, we're able to make progress.
0: And if you're thinking about some of those uh, individuals that you studied in the book and some of those who perhaps didn't make uh, the the final editorial cut, is there a series of individual characteristics that make these individuals perhaps stand out from the crowd?
1: So, you know, it's interesting. Very few... um, First of all, there are no perfect people. You know, I have Nelson Mandela in the book who... Um, is iconic. Uh, but the reality is, you know, he didn't have very good relations with his children. So there's no such thing as we don't need a perfect person. Uh, and indeed, earlier in his career, uh, he was part of the Spear of the Nation, which was a violent uh, force for change, so much so that the Amnesty International would not even adopt him then as a prisoner of conscience. What Mandela shows is the ability to learn over time, you know, to see that that the causes you have, the strategies you have, and the leadership you want, you know, may need to be adjusted, not as a ca- as a crass political calculation, but for success. Um, Yitzhak Rabin is another one who, the title of that chapter is Soldier is Peacemaker. Uh, he was a soldier. Uh, he was in charge of a part of the repression of the first uh, Palestinian Intifada in 1987. But he learned, as he would say, that while there was no guarantee that peace would make Israel secure, there, there would never be security without peace. So one is an ability to learn. Second is the ability to connect with all levels of people. You know, obviously others you want to be your partners, uh, credibility in the international community, but also have the average person who may want change but is a little frightened by the risks, believe in you. And third, they've go more, but I'll just say three for now, is um, to honor that trust. And I say, oh, I got it, now I can get reelected or whatever. Um, but to honor that trust and, and know that you can lose it uh, and you must fulfill it with high-quality leadership. Uh, and that comes through on issues like um, climate change and global public health and human rights, as well as on the kind of you know, war and peace issues that I started with.
0: Can you just pick up on that? To what extent do you think trust is real fundamental to leadership?
1: Trust is crucial. And part of trust is authenticity. You know, we go through this a lot. I've seen this a lot in my own experience in American politics. Um, People are smart. You know, they may not have, you know, all those fancy degrees. And sometimes they may not even be able to find countries on a map. They have a lot of common sense. And if they think you're not being authentic, um, you may succeed in some small political victories. But if you're asking for big change, you know, big transformational change, uh, they've got to believe that that you're you're you know you, you know you're, you're' you're being straight with them. Uh, and that's a big part of trust. And the other part is that you're in it not just for yourself. Uh, in many of the cases I talk about people have shown enormous personal courage, taken great risks, you know, and been in jail, and you know a variety of other things. And then people say you're you're willing to uh, put your own, uh, livelihood and and life sometimes at stake. And so you build those things as well as the substantive part that I'm you know, capable enough, I'm smart enough, I have ideas here that, that can take us to a better place.
0: Finally, perhaps I could ask you a little bit about the future. What hope do you have for leadership in the 21st century moving forward?
1: So, you know, I'm not a naive idealist. I've been through too many things in my life uh, to do that. But that's where this difficult, possible, necessary lessons from the 20th century really kick in. And I say in the preface of the book that if we go back to the late 1980s, early 1990s, a lot of people think, thought things were going great. The you know, Cold War ended peacefully. Uh, globalization seemed to be helping everybody. Um, you know. And, and there was all this sense that we were moving in the right direction. And then it's clear, you know, even before recent events like, say, the Brexit vote or the Donald Trump election victory, there was a sense that um, – you know, the U.S. had tensions with uh, with Russia and China. War had not stopped in, in the world without the Cold War. Globalization had losers, not just winners. Big issues like climate change were, were uh, getting bigger and bigger, global health pandemics. Uh, and there was a sense that we really needed breakthroughs again, that we couldn't be complacent or look for just, you know, small changes. Uh, and I'm hopeful that it's hard. Uh, right now, all, I think all over the world, in Europe and the United States uh, particularly, we're going through some very difficult politics where people are playing on people's fears more than their hopes. Um, but again, we've been through these things before, and we shouldn't get into too much of what was us"ism. We should learn from the past and be inspired by it and figure out how to make really big positive changes uh, going forward like people did before us.
0: Thank you very much, Professor Bruce Jensen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.
1: Pleasure to be here.